Hello and welcome to episode 32 of Phil's Photography Journey podcast. It is a grey January day here in Croydon and I've just been out and about, which I'll cover a bit later. I uh, hope you're all feeling well. hope you enjoyed the, uh, the last podcast. had some good feedback on that, which is always pleasing to, to get. Thank you very much. Uh, this is a back-to-me one this week, uh, so I'll be covering a few more things a few things more, uh, perhaps a bit more technical, a bit more pure photography related. Uh, kick off with the, the fact I've been just feeling a bit groggy this week, a bit under the weather. I've had a migraine or something approaching a migraine. I do suffer from them from time to time. Didn't completely render me incapacitated, but it kind of checks your progress in terms of things that you might want to achieve. Uh, I did say to Sue that I think managing a migraine when I'm kind of working under my own steam for myself, a bit different to where you kind of still got to work for an employer. Um, obviously you can take time off sick and that sort of stuff, but it was, I got there, did kind of what I wanted to do, but, um, you know, I, I don't know, it was this blue Monday this week, the official, you know, down day after the, the holiday period, whether that had a bearing on it, who knows, but I'm kind of feeling better now. Uh, getting out and about today helped to uh, to a degree. So, uh, so what have I been up to? Um, one of the things I've been wanting to do for some while is get back into video editing, uh, and I've still got a lot of work to do on our California holiday uh, videos because it's going to be probably a series. And uh, and I know you know it's not like there's a production deadline for these things and maybe maybe there should be uh, it's very much an internal thing but I do find with video editing there's a lot of scope for being creative for how you assemble the the media and how you deliver it um, there's still a lot of work to do around that we, we're probably going to do some voiceover stuff alongside some of the clips just to bring them to life a bit more you know we did do a podcast specifically for our trip uh, the aim is to kind of bring this to life a bit more with the medium of video. and But actually what I'm going to do first is the Palmer one because with that we went a bit different. We did a piece to camera. don't think we mentioned this before, but anyway, we did a piece to camera and then what I've been doing is supplementing that with footage and images and things like that. And I'm probably about two-thirds of the way through that. So I, I expect to complete that this weekend and get that up on YouTube and we'll be promoting that. It's a fun thing we do. You know, we don't see vlogging as a business thing necessarily, but we like to record how we go about activities from our perspective. There are a lot of travel vloggers that have very big followings and get some crazy numbers of views in such a short space of time. Uh, but we're not really looking to do that. Often those are very active. You know, they've got the GoPros strapped on and they're going here, there and everywhere. But, you know, we're both a bit older. We don't do that kind of thing, but... Hopefully there's still something in it for people uh, who just want to say, well, you know, what sort of experience could you have going on on, on a trip like that to one of the you know, European cities or whatever? <clears throat> and hopefully we can portray that. Sorry about that cough and uh, another frog in the throat. So, yeah, doing doing well on the edit so far. Um, hope to be in up on YouTube by the end of this weekend. So what we're on now, it's Friday the 24th. So 26th and uh, hopefully fully available by the 27th on Monday, but we'll see. If I can do it earlier, I'll do it earlier. 
One of the other things I did this week was something that we've been kind of messaging on for some time. Finally got there. So I had an approach from Jason Mitchell, who's a very experienced photographer. He's done a number of different things over the years from being sort of paparazzi photographer in, in LA uh, to sports. He did some stuff with the LA Galaxy and West Ham United over here and, and others. And uh, and now he does a lot of actor headshots and, and event photography. And he was put on to me by Tony Tafe and the headshot crew uh, because what he wanted to do was come along and look at my, my new Westcott Flex kit. So for the uninitiated, these are basically flexible LED panels. So a continuous light designed to kind of replace the sort of natural light that you would see. Um, but obviously they're in a frame, so you position them appropriate to headshots and portraiture. And uh, it was a, a good session indeed, actually. Great to meet up with Jason. I've offered and met, uh, reached out to him, I guess, after the uh, after the fact to, to see if I can get him on for an interview. So when he next comes over, because uh, he's got studios in, or, or bases, if you like, in um, uh, Cambridge and London, East London. So he came down here when he was obviously on a London trip. Uh, but yeah, it'd be good to get him on to hear him talk about his experiences. And, uh, you know, we did have some fun just sort of playing around really with a flex kit. And he took some images of me. I took some of him. One of them's on Instagram. And uh, I have to say the the capability of that setup is incredible. Uh, to give you an idea, we were looking for some quite subtle lighting on on the kicker. And I think with what we ended up with, probably with the shot that I put on Instagram, I think we had that firing on 1% power, 1%, literally a kiss of light on the uh, on the sort of back to side of the head. Uh, this was in obviously my house, my home studio. Uh, so obviously if you jack these things up, they can, <laughs> they can light your back garden, I would imagine. No, they're very powerful. Uh, but you know the idea is that you position them and your subject, and to to get the right shape that you want, the right blend between the the highlights and mid tones and shadows and so on. Without forgetting, of course, we're working with expression coaching and and the like and direction. So, but these are a good tool. I have to say, um, I you know I've still got all my other lighting, and it's going to be a little bit of a kind of decision to take as to what I would go on the road with. Uh, the flex kit in the supplied roller case is quite cumbersome and I'm assuming you know I would still do travel on the tube which is what I do so far with my gear and it's normally a, a backpack a pull-along kind of north face style roller bag uh, and then also I have my um, backdrop flexible backdrop you know which is about the size of a kind of bicycle wheel I suppose so it's you know if I can in that footprint, I can get all the gear that I need, noting also that I'm now using mirrorless pretty much full on, so it's lighter in terms of camera and lens and so on. You know, maybe it's there's not much different. I might even weigh it all, actually. Um, but, you know, the, the flexible panels are, they're a piece of material with Velcro. You know, that that's, that's the light source. Uh, the transformers are quite heavy, so, you know, you have to factor that in. Um, perhaps heavier than the previous controls in the previous version of the flex kit from from westcott should you want to look it up um so yeah I'll, I'll have a look at it i'll have a look at it if i had an assistant to come along with me even better uh but we we got a lot out of that session i think jason was here for a couple of hours or so and we said already you know next time we'll perhaps have a bit of a longer time but but actually he made a good point that 
we were doing the adjustments and, you know, taking turns in taking a shoot as, as motivated individuals, you know, as photographers wanting to see what we can get out of this piece of kit or tools for the job, really. Uh, whereas, you know, you, if you, you can still get a willing volunteer in, but there may not be as much into it as, as us where, but whether you're subject or photographer, you're getting some value. Um, cause it's always good to be posed actually. Uh, I enjoyed that when I did the headshot intensive last May and it's great for photographers to be on the, um, <laughs> I hesitate to say it, but on the receiving end. And I think that's something that'll be happening a lot when we get to uh, Las Vegas for headshot mania shortly in a few weeks time. So on that evening, uh, so with Sue's acting, um, she works for arena personal management, uh, cooperative agency, and they, if someone applies to to join them, as well as seeing their their kind of spotlight CV and the like, they um, they're, they're encouraged to go and see them perform wherever possible. So we went along to the Broccoli Jack Theatre, which is a London pub theatre. It's actually in uh, Crofton Park. Excuse me. <coughs> excuse me for that. Uh, it's in Crofton Park, which is southeast London. I didn't know much about broccoli. Well, I knew a bit about the broccoli area. Um, not you know, not far from Lewisham quite normally quite a kind of concentrated housing kind of area of South London. Um, but anyway, we, we went along there and I have to say, what an incredible venue. So it's this huge pub. It's a Green King, I think, the brewer's um, own pub. Really nicely presented, nice and clean and comfortable. The vibe in there was good. Uh, well run, it seemed, in terms of the, the kind of booking desk and the theatre setup was great. Um, some of the pub theatres in London have stage arrangements that are kind of covering maybe three sides of the stage or I don't know two or whatever but this was a more traditional setup so banks of seats and then you got the stage quite a nice wide and deep stage area and you, you kind of forget you're you're behind a pub actually when you're when you're seeing the the show there but it was um it, oh, I'm yard players I nearly forgot yard players production of Twelfth Night and it was Modern costume, modern props, such as phones and things like that. Uh, but, you know, the, the sort of Shakespearean dialogue, as, as you come to expect. But I have to say, what a first-class performance. All the cast did tremendously well. I thought the production was really tight, uh, clearly well-rehearsed, um, well-directed. Lighting was good. Sound was good. It was probably one of the best off-West End productions that I've seen um, now I've not seen a massive number, I will confess, but I've seen a few and, uh, I have to say this was, uh, this was very, very good indeed. Uh, I reached out to them on Twitter afterwards. Now I did the, the still shoot rehearsal, dress rehearsal shoot for the falling in love again play, which is currently showing at the Kingshead theater in Islington. So that was done early last week and reviews are out and it's nice to see my images featuring on all those various reviews. Um, but actually, I was going to make make contact with them just just to see if they'd like some support, maybe in future episodes for some stills. Because I don't, they didn't seem to have too much in terms of uh, imagery out there, and um, they actually replied to my my tweet to say thank you very much for a great performance, uh, etc. To say uh, yeah, we we really like your photography and we may be in touch, which was nice. So I followed up with an email. Haven't heard back yet, but I just thought, well, I'll I'll. Um, do a courtesy reply just to kind of give my details and we'll see what comes of it. You know, it may be that nothing comes of it, but you know, if you don't reach out and make contacts, then, you know, it could be an opportunity lost. 
and it's a particular type of photography that I enjoy doing the lower light but actually just just as you can capture emotion in in someone from a headshot perspective depending on what the aim of the, the session is you know you can also do that most certainly when an actor's performing and plying their trade and uh you know I, I watched and I enjoyed the performance but actually I'm, I'm kind of going through it and taking photos in my head as I said to Sue afterwards I took loads of stills tonight of course all in my head but uh, great production, uh, really enjoyed it. Would look to go and see one of their productions again because if that's the the sort of production identity and the consistency of what they can produce, then um, thoroughly recommend it. So yeah, Yard Players, I think I think the base is in South London and, and maybe yeah, their main productions are, are shown at the Broccoli Jack Theatre. But have a look at uh, have a look out for it. And if you're London based you know, support off West End shows. There's some great quality out there. There really is. So, you know, West End's good, but, you know, these prices, I think the top ticket price without concession or anything was £16. Similar for um, Falling in Love Again as well at uh, at Islington. But, you know, often the travel will be a bit easier and, you know, to avoid the whole West End thing, perhaps a bit cheaper. So, yeah, I, I would recommend supporting that um, that type of theatre. So I also mentioned last week I was doing some work to to clear out my old cupboard. Uh, eBay sales currently totaling about £440, something like that. None of the big ticket items are gone yet. And in fact, I've done a a price reduction uh, on some of those because I want to shift the lenses really because I want to invest in new lenses or new glass, as we we say. So I'll uh, I'll continue to hope uh, that the the eBay sales uh, carry on things like the um, media cards, compact flash cards have been selling quite regularly. And the, I think three I had of the, excuse me, pocket wizard triggers, uh, they've all gone. So yeah, things, things are shifting, but need to keep an eye on it. Um, May change and end the listing and do an auction if, uh, if I need to not under massive pressure to sell, but it's kind of once they're up there, you think, well, you know, if the bait hasn't been taken so far, then price is likely to be a factor. So um, my repricing has been based on looking at what someone could perhaps buy for them in a second at a secondhand dealer, where they might get a bit of warranty, and coming below that to um, to just sort of recognise that you know it's not something that I would be offering. One of the other things that I've been doing this week, not photography related, is uh, helping out my mum. Um, and bless her, my mum, uh, she's 82 now, 82, 82 this year, 83 this year, apologies mum, and for most of her life, so two thirds to three quarters, probably about two thirds, she's had um, rheumatoid and osteoarthritis, so it's been a struggle for her, and she's been on medication for, you know, for that period, and she's also had knee issues, she had a knee replacement done a couple of years ago, ago. And uh, the disabled badge renewal came in. So this is the blue badge system we have here in the UK. And the renewal is done through the government website. And it you, you don't actually renew. So in other words, if there's... Uh, well, it's basically a whole new application. Um, what I find a little bit surprising if you step back is that, you know, if you factor in mum's age, the nature of condition that she's got, the renewal ought to be a bit more fast-tracked. Um, you know, this isn't a temporary thing where she may have been granted a blue badge for a period of time because of a condition that was going to, you know, be treated and be healed. You know, she's got this, bless her. 
Um, but we still had to go through listing all the medication, all the various consultants and surgeons, all the different visits and uh, let alone all the normal, normal basic information with evidence, with copies, with new picture and so on and so forth. So it was pretty tough. Mum got stressed about it, but me and my sister Jill, we went round there and sorted it out. That was early on in the week. And then mum had a visit yesterday and she's been battling a bit there with, with some follow-up treatment to um, to a condition she had in her legs. So we're now hopefully gonna gonna get onto a proper kind of treatment plan for that going forward. But yeah, it's um it's something that uh faces us all you know all old age and and various things that can come with that uh, but you know thankfully with my flexibility over how I spend my time now it means that we were able to to help mum out and uh, and then you know make up the time with my editing and photography stuff over the weekend um, and actually while we were out about yesterday I thought well I'll, I'll go into the bank and see if I can get some currency for Vegas and thankfully they, were, they actually had some because there'd been some problems with one of the uh, currency ordering companies in, in the UK since the turn of the year. Uh, so I'm dollared up for Las Vegas for Headshot Mania. And, um, you know, that 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 gets ever soon. I think it's three weeks this Sunday I'll be flying out there. Um, don't think I mentioned last time, but we get a free pass for the WPPI show, which starts on the Monday. Uh, my flight currently comes home on the Sunday. And... I called them up to inquire as to whether I could sort of shift my bush booking, sorry, slide by booking. So I'm currently going to get there on the Sunday night. Um, my plan was to perhaps do a kind of bit of a solo trip around Vegas on the Monday and then see if I can pitch in and help with setting up on the Tuesday, Wednesday before it kicks off on Thursday. And then I thought, well, actually, I could possibly go there a bit later basically shift everything so say it's Tuesday to Tuesday for example um, then I could take advantage of the free pass for WPPI which we've, we've had negotiated and, and obviously visit that huge show in Las Vegas and uh, but of course it would mean I mean I think moving the car park booking at Heathrow Airport not a problem I would hope that I could get a room extension or or rebooking in the hotel but haven't inquired about that if not I'd have to try and find another hotel and in Las Vegas Probably wouldn't be a problem. Let's assume I'd have to pay a bit more money, though. Let's, let's just make that assumption. So I, I phoned up uh, Virgin Atlantic, who are doing my flights, and I booked direct with them. And uh, I said, look, this is the situation. Hypothetically, what would it cost me if I wanted to move everything? And she said, well, I need to find out what the flight price difference would be plus the admin fee. So here we go. So I'm not sure even how much the, the pass would be for WPPI, but so that, say that's free. Uh, so the flight price difference was something like £7. I thought, oh, nice. The admin fee to make the change is £200. So I did say I would ponder it and get back to her. But actually, what that kind of means is that it's at least £207 adjustment for me to attend a show with a free pass. So I'm probably not going to bother. And as I'll talk about SWPP shortly, um, and the fact that we've got the photography show coming up in March where Westcott are going to be there and so on, you know, that's going to be a bigger one to aim for. So I think I'll I'll give that a miss. Uh, you know, the event will finish with a wrap party on Saturday, on the Saturday night. And on the Sunday night, <clears throat> I'll be making my flight back to Heathrow, which kind of lands about Monday lunchtime, something like that. Crewcast. So 
I'm a member of the Headshot Crew. Hopefully I get other members of the Headshot Crew listening to this podcast. But as well as the Headshot of the Week competition, which is really valuable to go through people's submissions for the week. I mean, I've submitted in the past um, to get a kind of an initial review during the judging process before there's some polling that goes on to award the winner. But there's a lot of value to that just by seeing what other people are doing. People are at different stages, understanding the comments they get in and how you can apply it to your work is really valuable. And then last night where we have like the open mic session as part of the crew cast. So this is a, a web call for those who uninitiated and uh three photographers were on there last night who went for a review with peter so this means you get a critical judging of your portfolio of work so you submit normally approximately 20 images in your headshot crew portfolio peter will go through them with a fine tooth comb uh a, a fine tooth eye no uh, you know what i mean a judging eye um a, a very very tough critique and if you can get 15 through, then you would be promoted within the headshot crew to associate. And there are a hundred and something associates, about 120 out of many thousand members of the headshot crew. And last night was great because there were three people who went for a portfolio review and three who were made associate, which I'm not sure if that's happened in the past. And to give you an idea of the spread of the photographers on the crew, the first one was from the US, from San Diego. Second one was from Melbourne in Australia. And the third one was from Switzerland. So, you know, quite a bit of coverage there, but three very happy people last night to get promoted. Um, and actually, I think uh, two of them, one or two of them are going to Vegas. And as Peter said on the call, it's nice to to be going to Headshot Mania as an associate, you know, with that kind of promotion. So well done to those involved. My personal portfolio is not there yet. Um it's okay, but there are too many old images on there that I shot when I didn't really know anything about the headshot crew. So over time, you kind of need to shoot quite a few people to get what's best for your portfolio. And then, you know, out with the old, in with the with the new and better. Um, so ideally, you, you've got a, a very recent set. And, uh, you know, sometimes you can apply techniques there. You know, if, you, if you're lucky enough to get a gig where you're doing multiple headshots in a day for a corporate or maybe an event, that can be great because you'll have a lot to pick and choose from. The, the challenge there is sometimes you can't, you don't have a lot of coaching time. It's very much do this, do this, right, off you go, make your choice, done. Um, so what, I, what I'm going to do is once we've gone to Headshot Mania, enjoyed the learnings and the coachings and the networking experiences from that. I'm going to make a, make a call, make a goal as to when I plan to make associate. And then I'll be working full on to achieve that goal. So, uh, so fingers crossed, I'll no doubt share it on this, uh, this podcast, but that was really good. It was great to see people get through. Um, you know, it's, it's, it is tough judging, but actually I, I found as someone who's at my stage that I can still get tremendous value. There's a lot of messages there that you get that are all learnings. So actually where someone's on the spot because their portfolio has been put up for review, you can kind of think, right, so if I'm applying that kind of lens, that kind of you know critical eye on mine, would I pass it? You know, Or what would I be saying to myself if I were the judge to improve my work? So I say this is a very much a headshot crew thing. You know, I think we're all producing good work uh, but this is a very specific thing to to get 
Peter's approval so that you can be promoted within the crew and, and get the the honour of being uh, an associate within the crew. So today, uh, say this this week of feeling a bit groggy and under the weather, and I had a, a free pass for the SWPP convention. So that's the Society of Wedding and Portrait Photographers, which is held at the Novotel West in Hammersmith in London. And I was honestly thinking, do I, don't I? But I, I decided to go for it. So got on the train, easiest journey up to Hammersmith. And, you know, this is this is a show that is no way on the same scale as, well, any of the other major shows. You know, it's, it's in a hotel conferencing area. It's not in a Birmingham National Exhibition Centre or a Las Vegas hotel or, or whatever. So cut your cloth accordingly. But there were some... There's some reasonable high-end exhibitors. So there was quite a big Canon presence there. Um, Sony, um, Panasonic, Fuji, Fujifilm, I think, I'm ha- I think I have to say, Pentax. And then you had thing, uh, companies like the Flash Center, so they're demonstrating a lot of Ellen Crumb stuff. You had Flaghead, who are one of the, if not the main Tether Tools reps, and I had a couple of conversations with them about some technical things, and they were trying to sell me the the new air system, which I'm not going to buy. Um, there were a lot of print-related stuff because obviously things like printing and albums and, you know, more the wedding and portraiture side. Um, who else did I speak with? I had a chat with... Oh, well, someone came up to me because it, it was so hot in there. I was I was down to my T-shirt, wearing my Headshot Crew T-shirt, and someone came up to me about that, which was, which was fun. And the number of people that looked at the Headshot Crew T-shirt. So, guys, wear them around if you can. Get the opportunity. Could be a conversation starter. Could lead to work, uh, but that was, um, you know, that was that was interesting. So uh, I, I, I say I, I didn't need to spend too long there because I wasn't really looking to buy anything. It was just to just to sort of get a feel. So I had a wander around. Um, oh, the other person, the other area I stopped was to speak with a Wacom tablet about Wacom tablet. I didn't speak with a tablet. I spoke to the Wacom people about a technical issue I've got when using the Wacom pen with uh, Affinity Photo. Um, so I'm going to have a fiddle with that um, when I get get back later. So it was a good show, um, but it was what it was in terms of a short show. I was only there about an hour or so. Um, didn't, you know, I walked around a couple of times. Um, didn't really feel the need to stay. Um, I hadn't arranged to meet anyone up there or anything. So, you know, I just kind of let it be where it was so that was uh that was really that and on the way home uh on my messages i had an inquiry about a headshot from someone who i think sue had seen on the site she doesn't know this person but just recommended my details and they they got in touch but unfortunately they can't they can't get to me in t- you know this person's um full-time um working mum and it's an hour and a half journey to get to me. Bit of a shame. Um, I did mention that people had travelled far and wide to to come and see me with headshots, but uh, it's good to get an inquiry. So I will take that as a as a big positive. So my plans for uh, so the rest of this weekend is to I need to do some more work on my portfolio generally. So I'm going to do some work on that. Um, usual bits of admin and video editing, but uh, I think once I do the video editing. On the video side, the next thing I'm going to work on is uh, is in- interviews for the mums, which I something I briefly mentioned in a previous podcast. I kind of want to do a bit of a 
almost a this is your lifestyle story. So that's that'll need to do a bit of prepping, but I'm looking forward to that. So thank you once again for listening. Uh, it's great to see that uh, people are getting value out of having to listen to the podcast. Uh, Sue and I speak a lot about where we go with this, uh, talking about possibly renaming it. But I mean, I, I think a journey can cover a lot of things. So I'm, I'm inclined to leave this one as it is at the moment. We may do something else jointly. Uh, Sue may do something individually, or we might have a combination of both. You know, we've got the gear so we can carry on and use it. So keep an eye out for any movements on that side. Um, but I'd like to say thank you very much for continuing to uh, support Phil's Photography Journey podcast. Um, look after yourselves. Have great time. And uh, get in touch if there's anything you'd like to hear from me or if you'd like to get on the show. Bye-bye.